Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Second for Rob Breckenridge. Um, my kids don't play a lot of video games, but still play a lot of video games. I'm not sure which is worse as a parent um, in the world of trying to figure out if your kid's lazy or not is whether they play the video games or they watch videos of someone playing video games. Like, that to me seems to be the ultimate of not doing anything. (laughs) Like, not even so much so that you can wear out your thumbs yourself, that you would rather watch a video of it. It's, It's amazing to think. There's a long list of famous uh, rich people, ironically, that are involved in tech that have kept away tablets from their kids or all of that stuff. And when you start to hear some of the speakers of guys who uh, wrote uh, code for and designed the advertising systems for Facebook, billionaires say things like, no, I don't let my kids use social media. It's amazing to think. And, and this one little article piece uh, that I have here, as I welcome in our guest, uh, his name's Randy, Randy Kuhlman. Uh, Randy, in this particular article, the list goes on and says that parents uh, from Silicon Valley with kids under 11s, uh, children of eBay, Apple, Uber, Google staff, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, and all of those say no tablets, no games for the kids. These are the people that have made money off all the stuff that we're dealing with today. And it's remarkable to think uh, things like Fortnite, are they changing our kids forever? Probably, yeah. I mean, this is a different world. The world of technology is is, is there for kids. That I, I would say most teenagers ought to have a, a cell phone essentially surgically attached to them. They're, they're so connected to their cell phones. You take a cell phone away from a teenager, and you are likely to have a kid have some withdrawal symptoms, not necessarily because they're addicted, but because it's just so important in their lives. So it's these are very powerful tools. And, and I actually sometimes question... Uh, those tales of Steve Jobs and uh, Bill and Melinda Gates not allowing their kids access. I think I, I think it, it sounds as if they never have the technology, and that's probably not the case. But I think that they're well aware of how the technology can be abused and, and overused. Well, they created, uh, you know, in the world of Apple, the being able to measure that. Just to your background here, mm-hmm. uh, Randy's a child psychologist, author, speaker on video games, parenting, p- uh, screen time, ADHD, autism, executive functions, SEL. It's learningworksforkids.com. That's a long list of things there, Randy. Thanks. Yeah. You- well, I, I, I've been enjoying working with young kids, especially kids with attention and learning issues seem to be really drawn to technology. That's how I got interested in it because the kids that I work with in my clinical practice and then and on our website, Learning Works for Kids, are, are generally parents of, of, of kids with those kinds of issues. And they 
may even more so than kind of a typically developing kid have some issues with these concerns. What's uh, can you share the story about the the three hundred Fortnite wins? Yeah, yeah. So it's a fascinating story. I had a kid come into 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 my office. This is I want to say sometime. I think it was like in April. And he said to me, and this is a kid who was having difficulties, this is a kid with some, some learning and attention issues, was withdrawn in his room, told me that he had played Fortnite for a while, and I had just begun hearing about maybe a month or a month and a half earlier, told me he played Fortnite a whole bunch and won 300 games. And I started doing the math in my head, and I'm thinking, all right, 300 times to win. There's 100 kids. He was playing Battle Royale. So, there's, so essentially the chances of winning is one out of 100. Although, you know, if you get better, you, you can make it higher than that. And each game takes 20 to 30 minutes. And I started kind of doing the calculations. And I realized that if he was only winning one out of 100 times, he would have had to play 600,000 minutes. And if you do the math, you'll see I'm right. A fortnight in order to win 300 games. Now, even if he's winning, you know, at a much higher level, you know, let's say he was winning one out of every 20 times. He still have played over a hundred thousand minutes of Fortnite, and when you again you do the math, that's seventy, eighty hours a week. So it was kind of crazy when I thought about that, but and and it, and it actually probably felt pretty true for this kid. This mother was telling me and she had no control over him, unfortunately, and this is all he was doing. And I don't want to tell you that that's the the mode because it's not, but it happens. To think that um, this goes on. I like to look at the other side of that, Randy. I like to look at the side of that for every, how many thousands of minutes did you say? I was, you know, if, 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 he, if he only won one out of every 100 times, it would have been 600,000 minutes of playing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a lot. Um, yeah. So, but th- that to the other end of that is, is becomes the part where that 600,000 minutes is not being social. It's not studying. It's not learning. It's not falling down and scraping knees off of a bicycle. Um, so there, there's the to me, it's it's the long ball game here. Is that there's going to are we looking at gaps in people's lives that just will not exist when they become adults? Well, well, let, can I answer you that in two ways, Zach? Please. One is is it's not totally a social because it's a social game and on some levels if you're playing in duos if you're playing in in, in squads so you're playing with other people and and oftentimes these kids are going to school and talking to their friends about this so there's a social piece and there's actually even within my excuse me with within Fortnite, there's a lot of positive things that can come out of the gameplay there's all kinds of skills that kids are actually learning whether they can apply those skills to the real world but i tend to agree with you that the kids who play with technology excessively tend to be missing out on things. So the biggest thing that I do in, in, in my work with families about this is I talk to them about having what I call a healthy play diet. Kids should play. Digital play should be part of what they do. They really should be doing some of that. But the problem is is that when they spend so much time with digital play, they're not outside exercising. They're not engaged in face-to-face social activities. They're not doing creative things. They're not taking unstructured time, being mindful, being in the present, you know, without a screen in front of them. So so you're absolutely right. I think that that's the, that's the big biggest concern that I have is that without this kind of healthy play diet and without parents doing the things that they need to do to make that happen, we get a lot of kids whose lives are centered around their screens. Now, just to remind everybody, Randy Kuhlman is also a child psychologist, so there is education here, and I, I say that as a preface for this question. Is this a kid problem or a parent problem? 
great question. Well, because I well, know it's like child psychologists, right? I mean, there is a good, hard look in the mirror moment. I have some friends that are psychologists, and there are there is usually at some point of this this course, much not a whole lot different than parent teacher interviews, that there is a good, hard look in the mirror moment for most parents. How does yeah, that affect well, us? Is this where you have to go? Like, do you, is this a conversation where you say to little Billy, you say, hey, so you like to shoot things, huh? Yeah, okay, cool. Okay, mom, let's talk. Billy, excuse us for a second. Well, I, I don't know that I, I don't know that I go about it quite like that, but, but here's the data. So Common Sense Media did a study of teenagers to see how much time are they spending with their screens in 2017. They found that, that teenagers were spending about nine and a half hours a day with their screens. Now, some of that's listening to music and doing some other things that I would consider to be actually quite productive. But, but we're, not, we're not talking about school stuff. We're talking about other kinds of things. Then they studied the parents of those kids. Guess how much those parents were spending with their screens? Hmm. You got it. Nine and a half hours. Oh, really? You take away maybe a couple of those hours are less, you know, they're more work-related. But for the most part, about seven and a half hours, yeah, the, the data, and the data is compelling. This is a good study. This is not a study of ten people. This is, this is a major league study. So that the parents are spending that much time with their screens. And increasingly, that's one of the things we're seeing is we're seeing that parents are so drawn to their screens, whether they're, you know, face on Facebook, you know, while they're sitting at dinner or, or the bigger thing that I hear about oftentimes now with adults is, is, is binge watching with Netflix, that they're doing that kind of thing. And so parents need to take a look at themselves in terms of having their own healthy play diet. If you're modeling that screens, you know, are, are going to be this much of your life, what do you think your kids are going to do? Because the screens are compelling. They they draw the kids in. I call it engagement. They're engamed. They're they're they they're so immersed and focused that they can't get away from it. It's it is difficult. Now some kids are fine with that. In fact, many kids. I should let me put it this way. Many kids are fine with. There's a lot of kids who have great balance. They have other activities and interests and stuff like that. But for for more kids than we're comfortable with, we're seeing these difficulties. Wow. That's remarkable to think. I mean, the only part of that equation that we don't know is when I was a kid, I was watching, uh, you know, WKRP and MASH, and that didn't count mm -hmm. as screen time in comparison. We don't really have that that comparison to what how it's changed and how we interact on it from when it was. You know, the only exercise you got was when your dad told you to get up and change the channel because, you know, he had to go turn the knob. But this, <laughs> like, this is a remarkable... What's the solution, Randy? Like, what, what do you do or what do you tell the parent now that has the, 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 the kid... Uh, let me tell you a quick story. Um, when I was a kid, we were driving through the, the Rocky Mountains, and there was a waterfall, and I said to my folks, I said, look at the waterfall, can we stop and take a picture? And my dad said, no, we forgot the camera. You're going to have to use your pornographic memory. And then well, it was a big funny thing because I was young. It was like, oh, photographic memory, ha, ha, ha. See, that's the memory of the road trip. Mm -hmm. And I said to my kids, as we were driving through the mountains, going to Vernon a couple summers ago, said... Put down your tablets, because if somebody ever asks you what the Rocky Mountains look like, you're going to say, Minecraft. That's what the Rocky Mountains look like. So they did, and they right. found, found it quite amazing. So what do we do for the kids now? So I'll answer that in a second. Can I, can I respond to something you just said? Because I think you said something really insightful about, about one of the things that's going on now. Uh, there's this big boom now, not just with, with technology, but another kind of... A uh, concurrent boom, if you will, is with yoga, with meditation, with these kinds of uh, mindfulness training kinds of things. And I think that part of that is that, that adults, and for that matter, kids, are recognizing that they're not, 
living where they're at. They're kind of so involved with their screens. They're not looking at the mountains. They're not breathing the air. They're not kind of taking a look at that. And I think that it's sort of a, uh, an antidote, if you will, uh, why, why these things have become so popular. So just as a kind of an aside, I think that that's one of the interesting things that's happened as a result of some of this. But what do you do? So I think the first thing is to go back to what we were saying before. Parents need to model appropriate behavior, just like they, you know, do as I do, not as I say. They, they, they need to make sure that they're not spending all their time with screens. They need to moderate their, their own screen time. They, they need to, uh, you know, do other things themselves. They need to exercise regularly. They need to have hobbies. They need to, to read a book. They need to, you know, go for a walk. They need to do those kinds of things and expect the kids to do that as well. I think they need to expect that and model having what I call a healthy play diet. Uh, and they and they need to really work much harder than they did even 10 years ago, especially 20 years ago. Parents need to work a lot harder to make other things more interesting and engaging. So they need to be more available to drive kids places, to make sure that the kids have play dates. I think parents also at times are at fault for this in another way. I see a lot of parents that don't let their kids out of the house. It's dangerous. It's There's dangerous. There's scary things yeah. out there. <laughs> Oh, it's so true. And so, and so a kid goes out, you know, so the parent says to them even, they say, well, go outside and play. So the kid goes out inside and plays, and guess what? They come back in the house and they say, nobody's out here because there are other parents not letting their kids outside to play. So as a result of this, you know, kids are home and they're inside. Well, what's more interesting than looking at a screen that's changing and stimulating and all these activities going on, and a lot of it's social, by the way. And, and a lot of the screen time really is not bad in itself. I like to talk about can we take screens and make it into what I call whole play. In other words, can you take a screen and if you want to go on that hike and explore and look at things, but every once in a while take a picture and then go back and share it with other people, I think that's actually a really healthy way to use technology, to kind of share that and to be in different places. Uh, it's a healthy way to use technology if you want to use some kind of, you know, Fitbit or something that is a fitness tracker that kind of get, compels you to kind of do some more stuff. Maybe you do it as a family and you see who, who's doing well. So that combining that technology into something else in a kid's life, I think, is a really important thing. Uh, and, and, and parents sometimes need to have ways to shut the technology off. They need to be in control of it. As you said, uh, Apple has a new thing, Screen Time, which is a really cool tool. I'm getting feedback about how much I'm using my screens on a regular basis. Now, Google has, I forget what Google is called, but Google has essentially the same thing for Android, so parents have better ways to do it. There are a lot of companies out there that are making uh, gaming technologies that allow parents to shut things off. But sometimes parents need to really be in charge of this kind of stuff. They need to call their phone companies to say, hey, I want my kid's phone off at this time. They need to put the, the if it's really bad, they need to put the router in their room. They need to make sure that the kids can't access things. So sometimes they really need to, to go there. I, that's for a, a small amount of kids, by the way. I'm not talking about 50% of the kids. I'm talking about 5 maybe 10% of kids where, where the issues are that extreme. I think for most other kids, you can work on these issues with them. Oh, the places. And by the way, oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry. One last thing about this is that some of the some of the studies suggest that teenagers, at least, are beginning to get this. So the Pew Research Society did a study where they asked teenagers about technology and its impact upon their life. And for the most part, the teenagers say technology has been a really enriching part of my life. It's been a good thing in my life. But there's also many teenagers who are saying, you know what? 
sometimes we're overdoing this. Actually, I'm in the process of writing a book about this for teenagers, uh, about ways that, you know, so we're interviewing teenagers as a part of, the part of our studies for doing this book, and we're talking to them. But teenagers are starting to recognize, you know what? Sometimes screens are getting in the way of things. They're causing some problems for me, and I'm spending too much time with it. So they have some what do I want to call it? metacognitive kind of reflective ability to sort of look at that. Not all of them, but some of them are starting to say that. Well, that's perfect, actually. You just took me where I was going to go anyway. So uh, thank you for that. Oh, The Places You Go by Dr. Seuss. What a fantastic book that is. And really, when you think about all of this, is that you've got a lot more to share on your device when you actually go to the places. So uh, it's maybe a great way to tie the two together. Thank you so much, Randy Kuhlman. Um, your website, once again, is Learning Works for Kids. Uh, thank you for your insight on that. I think parents, you might have given something to think about. Great. Thanks, Zach. Great talking to you. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.